Buonasera, good evening, salutations. Welcome to the Brews and Belters podcast, season two, episode <laughs> 24. Toby has requested that I continue with some Italian language lessons and ask that I teach the people the term for beer. Pretty underwhelming here. It is simply birra, una birra per favore. Um, we do have some more Italian coming later while talking Coppa Italia, but for now, just welcome once again. Uh, tonight, I'm mixing it up a little bit from my norm um, with a citrus IPA from Eagle River Brewing here in, in Wisconsin. Um, it's called the Billy Ray Citrus, or or rather citrus, but I assume that you pronounce it citrus. <laughs> I love the got, pun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's got a great picture of Billy Ray Cyrus with a guitar, and his face is in orange. Um, so pretty awesome. It's, I mean, not really my style of beer, but it's pretty tasty. It would be really nice in the summer. Um, yeah, kind of like a beer mosa apparently is a thing where people will mix orange juice with beer. Um, that's what it reminds me of. And it's pretty okay. tasty. I don't know that I would have like four or five of these just cause it's kind of sweet. It might upset mm -hmm. the stomach, but, um, pretty tasty. Joining me as always, Tobias Michael. How's it going? What you sipping on? Uh, Keegan, I am doing great. Uh, what's the ABV on that? Uh, it's a 6.5. 6.5. Okay. That's a good ABV. Yeah. So comes in I'm, pints. Pint cans. In pints. Mine are the, the just tall boy cans with the sticker. That's what I'm drinking tonight. That's most Chicago breweries. I feel like are in this, uh, same mold. Um, it is liquid love brewing company out of Buffalo Grove. 6.9%. One pint, uh, it is called Swimming with Sharks. It's a standard IPA. Um, having my first sip right now, let me give you a, a zero out of five rating. Okay, live in the moment, raw, good mouthfeel. Uh huh. Uh, overall, good IPA, not much uh pizzazz on any front. Uh, okay. but overall, I would uh, I'll easily drink all four of these. Tonight, maybe even. Who knows? Tonight, who knows? We might go for three <laughs> hours tonight. Exactly. Who knows? We'll see, we'll see what happens. We're going to cover a few things. Care about Cup <clears throat> Final on Sunday. Um, quick recap of the Premier League matches over the weekend. Uh, and then a little FA Cup to wrap it up. Maybe a little Coppa Italia as well. So let's get right into it. Care about Cup, the greatest nil-nil match I recall ever watching in all my days. Uh, Keegan, um, I had I had on my notes first thing best no goal game question yeah. mark. Yeah. I I don't know where where do you stand? I'm sure there's probably another one hidden <laughs> up there, but just recency <laughs> bias, definitely the best ever. Uh, it, yeah, it was unbelievable. Twenty shots from Liverpool, eleven from Chelsea, ten total shots on target without a goal. Uh, Kelleher and Edward Mendy were, as you like to say, standing on their heads. Uh, they were unbelievable. Possession, 55% Liverpool, 45% Chelsea. So fairly fairly even there. But chances galore, even the chances that weren't shots on target were, were great chances where you felt like something was going to happen. Just super back and forth. I mean, it felt like Carabao Cup of of all of the, the, the hardware left to live uh, to lift this year. It feels like Carabao Cup is probably the least mouth-watering. You know, yeah. in, in comparison to the FA Cup, Champions League, Premier League title, but this felt truly like a, a cup final in every sense. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, what were your thoughts overall? Um, overall, thought it was a great game. 
I, I don't. Th- I get it. They had to go to extra time in PKs. I just hate a game being decided by PKs. Yeah. Um, with that being said, this was absolutely riveting. Uh, do you think that Chelsea was right or wrong? Thomas Tuchel specifically putting a Kepa in uh, for Chelsea because Mendy. Mendy was. I mean, he's. He's arguably, I mean, he won Golden Glove. Like, he's the best goalie in the world last year. Like, don't you just ride with that confidence? He got he got you there. He got you there. He just won goalkeeper. No, he didn't win goalkeeper of the tournament. Um, the Egyptian keeper did. But he won man of the match in the AFCON final. He's right in a high. Incredible match from him. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, like the stats say go Keppa, and, and I get I get that there's like a ton of statistical evidence surrounding this, surrounding the decision. So I understand that, you know, part of that is just trust in your camp, trust in the research and and the science and mathematics, if you will, that go Mm -hmm. into all of this. So I understand it to an extent. I mean, it's easy. Hindsight's 2020, obviously when it happened, I I kind of expected them to do it before. And then they showed Kepa, you know, coming out of the tunnel and, geared up and everything so that obviously solidified it but I don't know I mean that's the reason why you have these statistics and why you have people you're paying people to do that research is to come up with these these big decisions you yeah. know if, if Kepa saves one of those one out of ten which um, he he could have there was one that fired right by him and he palmed it and didn't didn't get the hit like he misjudged yeah. the hit I forget what it was it was like kick number nine I want to say, but, and on top of that, actually, I was going to highlight a couple of them. Uh, Jorginho who took, or geez, Fabinho who took the second hit him with, uh, Italian word of the day. Number two, il cucchiaio, which translates to the spoon, which is what Italians call the penenka penalty, Mm -hmm. the little, the little chip that was smooth as fuck. First of all, from Fabinho who defensive mid and has a tech of a, uh, number 10. I'm I'm fine going into this entire podcast for the next hour just talking about these PKs because I could go yeah. 20 minutes on Virgil van Dyke. So that was the one I was going to point out. Uh, Kepa, I don't think, got a palm to that, but he knew exactly where van Dyke was going, and van Dyke looked him in the soul and said, sit down, little boy. My blood is right by your ear. And he did just that, and then he stared him down. Dude, oh my he, God. And, and, and Kepa, like, he taunted him he wasn't just standing central he took one to two steps to the right taunting him to go to go to to virgil van dyke's right and virgil's like nah i'm just gonna blow it by you not even an arm's length away and that's exactly what he did captain's penalty by definition just just hit the shit out of the ball uh one of the hardest hit penalties i've seen Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, so going back to the original question, I don't know. I mean, there's so much, again, this is why research is done. If, if Kepa gets in on one of those, Tuka looks like a genius. That yeah. whole staff looks like, look like geniuses, but it didn't end up working out. So I guess ultimately it was the incorrect decision, but you know, we'll never know. We'll never know if Mendy would have saved any of those or not. So getting, I want, I want to still focus on the game, but I mean, they won the Carabao cup. They're still in the FA cup. They're still in the chase, thanks to Tottenham. Um, they're still in the chase with the Premier League, and they're in the Champions League. I mean, they could go all four, honestly, right? 
Like I was gonna share this yeah. later. Is this a better Liverpool team than the team that actually won it, the Premier League and won the Champions League a couple years ago? Is this a better team? I think the Champions League team and even the second half of the season before that, I think the second half of the season before that is the best I've ever seen because that front three, it felt like all three of them were in their prime. Which which was who? It was Mane, Firmino, and Salah, and they were all playing phenomenal. And I think the biggest piece of that really was how well Firmino was playing. So exactly, because I think right now, I think, Salah's actually playing equal to better than that yeah, time period. Mane, Mane has taken a step back, and Firmino is non-existent, in my opinion. Yeah. But I but think they've he, picked up the pieces to replace it, Firmino. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. They've signed two players, you know, with Jota and uh, what's his name? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think they look great. I think they've looked really, really good recently, and I just hope they keep that going. Obviously, in the in – the, in these top tier domestic leagues like this one, they're, they're in four competitions right now, which weighs on them a lot. Um, you know, the worst case scenario is you put a lot of energy and expend a lot of energy into all four competitions and it ends up biting you in the ass where you don't get, you, you don't end up winning any of them. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of thought that goes into that where obviously you want to compete for all the, the hardware you can, but sometimes when a club's playing too many matches, it, you know, mm-hmm. injuries pile up or whatever late in the season. So I'm, I just get hesitant with that um, just because there's so much going on and so much that yeah. can go wrong. You see Tiago get injured in warm-ups. He's extremely injury-prone. Harvey Elliott has just come back off an injury. Um, so it, it every player just feels so delicate right now with how many matches they're playing. So I, I do think it's great to be in a position where they're playing really well and they have a chance for potentially four cups. But again, it is a little bit nerve wracking where it's like, is the form going to stay up? Is everyone going to stay healthy? Um, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I, I think last weekend, not to jump too far ahead, but Everton having a chance to split points with city. Um, I think that would have been huge if they could, if they could yeah. split points there, but we'll see. We'll see what um, happens. Hey, so mid-game, talking about Harvey Elliott, like you just referenced. I know exactly uh, where you're going. Well, before this, so before Harvey Elliott was Kai Havertz on the ground with Trent Alexander-Arnold, those two dudes coming pretty much chin-to-chin. Who do you like in that? Because to kind of clean up all of it was Harvey Elliott, which I would take over all of those boys. Yeah. Um, I think Harvey Elliott's a man, yeah. <laughs> even though he's a teenager. I think he's a teenager. <laughs> I'm not for sure. Yeah, he's but, like 18 or 19. Yeah, that that kid will that kid you don't want behind. You don't want him to be be with Phil Foden's mom. Like you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> but but who do you have? Uh, who do you have? Trent Alexander Arnold or uh, Kai Havertz in the fight? Maybe a little bias here. I'm going Trent. Um, I think Havertz is a sweetheart, man. He's posting on Instagram pictures with his dog all cuddled up and shit. Trent's not with that. He's out here getting that sponsorship money. He's uh, he's roaming around Liverpool. He's, I'm just taking Trent in a scrap there. It was funny, though. The whole situation was hilarious to me because it, it truly was just them getting tangled up. Like, there wasn't anything malicious. Yeah. They just got tangled up, and it was one of those things where they're like, all right, I guess we got to square up now real quick till people pull us apart and act hard. Yeah. And there, there's a moment, <laughs> I counted it, it was like three whole seconds, which in a moment like this probably felt like an eternity, where they're just forehead to forehead. 
and they don't say a word. They're not talking any shit. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just they're the one their head in out. silence. Just straight <laughs> up silence. Which is fucking hilarious. So shout out to to Elliot for coming in and, and just like interrupting them. Oh, yeah. Moment. Uh, but yeah, you do that. You see him pull up and then Antonio Rudiger's there in a second. As soon as any beef is going down, Rudiger's yeah. on the spot. And you know Elliot's like... You know, Elliot's like, "Mama said, knock you out." He would have, he would have <laughs> blacked out Rudiger. No questions asked. The, oh man, put that German back. In Havertz, Havertz, <laughs> Havertz. He would have Rudiger. I don't know, man. I wouldn't tussle with Rudiger. Yeah, he's pretty. That's crazy. a bad man. That's a bad man. <laughs> hey, by the way, I'm not supposed to be cussing. I uh, it's Lent today, being uh, Ash Wednesday, and I gave up cussing. Um, so I almost said the F word about ten seconds ago. So I'm watching myself. If not, I have to put a quarter in the jar. That's, I'm gonna that's the bait you. I'm gonna <laughs> bait you into cussing. Uh, so moving forward, uh, who is the best dancer? Because it looked like Minamino wanted to get down, but Mane kind of <laughs> kept him from getting down. Uh, is there anyone else that you would want to go to the club with of each of these guys that you saw dancing? Apparently, I don't know if this is a joke or not. That's funny that you asked <laughs> this. I don't know if this is a joke or not, but on. Um, Trent and Rabo were doing a show where they would drive around Liverpool and like answer questions. And I forget what it's called. Oh, this cash time. cab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they would drive around. Um, God, I wish I could remember it. But anyway, apparently after they won the Champions League, Hendo was like getting down on the dance floor. And they were like the last person you would expect. Of all all business, the people, the captain. Yeah, they were like apparently he he will just get down if you're out celebrating at the club. Um, so Hendo appears to be number one. I would assume uh, maybe I'm stereotyping here, but I would assume one of the Brazilians could break it down. You know, Fab. I could see Fab having some moves mm-hmm. or Firmino. Um, Maybe Diaz. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I'm, I'm going with Hendo just based off the research. Yeah. Um, so Carabao Cup is wrapped up. Pretty cool tournament. Uh, there has been talks in America for the NBA doing the same thing. Do you think they could do this or any other sports in America could do a Carabao Cup style tournament? Not an FA Cup where they would have multiple leagues, but just kind of like a first division, second division, so like an NBA and a G League. Do you think they could do something like this, like an inner tournament in the middle of a season? If anybody could, it would be the NBA. Um, I mean, MLB, you're competing with, like your, you would be competing with your minor league teams, mm-hmm. unless they brought in like some South American teams or something like that. Uh, NFL, they're already playing way too many games and adding an additional one last year, so I just don't see that being reasonable. Um, so yeah, I think if there's any sport, maybe, maybe the either the NBA or maybe even the NHL. I don't know. I mean, you watch more hockey than me, but I just feel like there's more like room for yeah. that. I th- um, I think the NBA and the NHL are the two options here. Yeah. Major League Baseball would be more of an FA Cup style tournament, in my opinion. Like, let's get the second, like, AAA and AA teams. Let's get them to play the the main teams. You know, I think that'd be awesome, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then also, really, the obvious, MLS. <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, like, wait, what? If, if they, it, it, like, the, the 
not going outside of the, the sport itself, like why not do that in the MLS? And I know we've talked about that before with the FA Cup and stuff. I mean, you got the the NASL, the USL, um, multiple other leagues that I don't even know the names of. Um, I mean, there's multiple tiers to the American Soccer Association. Mm -hmm. So I would like to see that personally. If we're not going to get a promotion relegation system, let's at least give these lower tier teams the opportunity to to play against MLS teams not in a preseason setting. I think, like, I I don't understand why you wouldn't want to do it. Like, even from the, the greedy club owner standpoint like you're just going to get more sponsorship money television money and so on so i Mm -hmm. i don't really understand why they wouldn't implement something like this and it's just i mean fa cup is magical at carabao is like grown a little bit um it doesn't really have the pedigree that these other competitions do but fa cup is amazing the fact that you can have you know a fifth tier side in the fifth round of of the fa cup is unbelievable Mm -hmm. and you're playing in front of six seven thousand people uh while these guys have a a day job and then they're just doing this on the side you know playing against some of the best in the world so i don't understand why you wouldn't want to do that um it's it's a win-win-win for everybody these smaller clubs are getting exposure and you know everyone's getting a share of the the tv revenue and sponsorship revenue and everything so i would love to see that uh in soccer in the u.s if not in other sports yeah, no, definitely. Do you have the results of the FA Cup thus far? Minus I do, uh, yeah. Tottenham's results yesterday. Let's not go over that, but let's go over everything else. I do. We can get into that. Um, Chelsea beat Luton Town today 3-2. to um, Loftus-Cheek at center back, which was really interesting to me. They played three in the back, him at <sighs> Rudiger and Saar. No wingers. I mean, they were kind of like left wing backs, but truly just four midfielders. Um, Hudson Adoy and then uh, Kennedy on the other side, and then Jorginho in the middle with Mount. Um, and I'm forgetting who else, but Luton struck three minutes in. Really nice flick header, front to back post. The Chelsea. probably the absolute best start for them, right? <laughs> three yeah, minutes uh, in. absolutely, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ch- Chelsea didn't respond until the twenty sixth. Uh, Luton turned over possession in the middle of the pitch. Werner picked it up, cut inside, deflection from a header or from a defender, um, and it just laid off perfectly, yeah. perfectly for Saul, who curled it in with his right foot. Really nice finish. Almost had another chance in the thirty first. Probably should have really, but a good save from Luton's backup keeper who had to come on. Uh, their first string keeper had an injury. Harry Eisted, um came on, was playing in the fifth tier in England actually before signing with Luton. Had a pretty good, pretty good match despite giving up three goals. Um, I thought he, I thought he looked pretty solid. But second goal uh, came from a ball over the top. Chelsea's backline got caught out in the the fortieth, and um, a nice finish on the run from. Um, Oh, I'm forgetting his name. I had it written down before, but who who uh, who was in goal for Chelsea? Do you remember? Keppa. Keppa was in okay. goal. Yeah. yeah, let's just keep the shitstorm going. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> hey, you ended up getting the win though. Uh, yeah, Werner scored. Chelsea's. Well, didn't Chelsea have to sub on a bunch of guys? They did I sub think... a few on, um, okay. but it was actually the the two starters. So Werner laid off the the ball for Saul, who started. Um, he finished in the first half, and then. Werner scored Chelsea's 
Um, second, on a ball over the top. Um, and then Lukaku scored the winner on a ball in from Werner, actually, after some really good interplay from Chelsea on the right side of the box. That was, later a- that was later after the subs were in. Uh, Pulisic was in, involved in that interplay. I thought he looked really good on the right side. He didn't try to do too much. My beef with him is that sometimes he'll just run straight at, like he'll he'll just try to carry the ball in from yeah. the wing, yeah, he and he just runs straight at people. Yeah, uh, but he seemed a lot more patient and and passed really well. I thought he looked yeah. actually really good for for the twenty five minutes or so that he played. I don't like him on the right side. I prefer him on the left side and take his right foot into the middle. That's what I prefer Pulisic at. And I prefer the entire freaking Chelsea team, well, to suck because I'm a Tottenham fan. But if they're not going to suck, they need to pass the fucking ball to Roma. Quarter in the jar. Um, (laughs) They need to pass the ball to Romelu Lukaku and get him some service. Like, that dude does not touch the ball nearly enough. Yeah, and then then gets criticized for not scoring goals. Yes, yeah. Imagine that your confidence, like you go to a place to score goals and they're not passing you the ball and asking you to still score goals. Like, what do you, how do you even do that? Like, you don't. So, FA Cup, baby. Yeah. Other than that, uh, Liverpool 2 1 over Norwich. Uh, Minamino with two goals. Midfield was solid. Defense was good enough. Um, Konate was back there. With Gomez in the middle and then Simikas and Milner as fullbacks. And just a good match overall to get a lot of guys some minutes. Gomez, you know, he, he played um, a little bit in their last match, but uh, prior to the prior to the Carabao Cup. Um, you know, coming back off an injury, he's been super injury prone over the last couple of years. Oxley Chamberlain, Curtis Jones in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Minamino played. Tyler Morton and Harvey Elliott subbed on later, so... Just a lot of guys getting good minutes, um, you know, for Liverpool overall, which obviously that depth is important as we discussed earlier as, as they're in the, the mix for multiple competitions here. And then um, Southampton knocked off West Ham 3-1. to one. James Ward-Prowse with the penalty. Armando Broja, Chelsea Loney scored in stoppage. He's been really hot lately um, and just continuing to play well for them. Crystal Palace is well advanced, 2-1 win over Stoke. Um, and then Man City beat Peterborough 2-0. And I hate to say it, Toby, but Middlesbrough come through Dude, so and they're, beat Tottenham Hotspur. They're on a heater, Keeks. They yeah. beat United um, with some luck. Uh, you know, the guy used his arm to settle the ball to cross it to the guy who scored the equalizing goal for Manchester United. Um, I was okay with that because it was like Manchester United, but then same thing happened against Tottenham where Tottenham Harry Kane was called offside on a goal where he scored. Um, Definitely not offside and definitely probably a PK, but he mean hold held. Um, but here we are. Uh, I honestly think Millsborough is one of the top two to three teams to beat in this. Like for them to be a championship team coming up and beating two of the thoroughbreds of of the Premier League of the Prem, um, I <laughs> I just expect them to do a lot, and I 
don't know what to expect going forward with the FA Cup because there's a lot of uh, premier teams in there. Um, but they're they're looking really good. Like they are a very tight knit team. Giant uh, killers right now, yeah. Yeah, giant. Well, I would say giant killers, but I mean they. I don't even know where they're standing in the championship. I'm assuming they're pretty high up there. I don't either, um, actually. Yeah, let's look that up while I'm talking. Uh, and I think Tottenham's just kind of in a lull right now. Like, they win some, they lose some. You know, they look good against Manchester City at Manchester City. They look good against Leeds at Leeds. And then they come home, they they wet the bed, they play Burnley, they wet the bed, they play Southampton, they wet the bed. And then they play Middlesbrough, whose hashtag is just Burrow, and they wet the bed. So what do we got here with uh, the standings? They're eighth in the championship right now. Yeah, that's not very good. (laughs) So Uh, So here we are. FA Cup, baby. This is what it's it's all about. It's the magic. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and then, I mean, Nottingham Forest as well. So we've got... Tomorrow, we've got Everton versus Boreham Wood, who is a fifth-tier team. I hate to say it for Jack and Sondag, but I would love to see Boreham Wood pull off the upset. Oh, they're going um, to. And then I could – yeah, I could see it. And then you got Nottingham Forest versus Huddersfield. So Notting- Nottingham's been hot, too. Nottingham is the other Arsenal giant out. slayer. Yeah. 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 Took out Arsenal and then pounded Leicester 4-1. Yeah. So definitely one to watch tomorrow. Two two great matches to watch tomorrow, actually. So if you got ESPN Plus, um, they play all of the FA Cup matches. So that's our plug. Shout out to our sponsor, um, who pays us nothing. So uh, real quick, Coppa Italia, which is basically like their version, Italy's version of um, the FA Cup, it's down to the final four. So now you're playing two legs. AC Milan and Inter Milan drew nil-nil yesterday. Second leg will be April 20th. Oh, and they then, do legs? Yeah, yeah. For for the down to the final four, they do. Okay. So um, Juve pulled one out today in the 91st. So own goal from Lorenzo Venuti in stoppage. And Juve were really, really lucky to get away with one. 22 shots from Fiorentina, six on target, 55% of possession. Juve only had six total shots, one on target. Um, I thought Jonathan Icone looked really good. 23-year-old Frenchman joined Fiorentina in December from Lille. Was very good for Lille. Um, Couldn't go in the back of the net, but made some really good moves going forward. So, unfortunately for Fiorentina, they'll have to go back to Turin. Uh, A goal down for the second leg. This was Dusan Vlahovic's return to Fiorentina. And they greeted him with some wild shit. There was the most Florence, just, just raw chicken thrown the, on the no, field. The <laughs> most Florence shit in the world. So Gazetta dello Sport, which is like the premier sports, like wait, wait, before you are, are Italians petty? Is are we going <laughs> yeah, here? <laughs> Italians are dirtbags, dude. So all right, so. Fiorentina fans pregame reference the Divine Comedy, Dante Alighieri, Florence's most famous figure of of all time. The passage in question from the Divine Comedy is I'm going to mm-hmm. try and pronounce this in Italian. Oh my non vo che pifa vale, malvaio traditor, 
Kala tua onta. Me, I will bring you real novels. <laughs> Which translated means, I don't want you to speak evil, traitor, anymore. For I will bring to earth true news about you that will infamy you. This is a sentence that Dante says in the mouth of Abati, listed among the traitors of the homeland. Hell. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you're like talking sex to me right now or what's <laughs> going on, but uh, dude, Italians are crazy. Like they gotta be. On top of that, there were more signs, uh, a large banner that read, I won't read the Italian for it is much, go much. Ahead. Go ahead and read what you want to read. Much please. too foul. <clears throat> And this is like a loose translation, but it, it's translated to who shows up at dawn, who runs away in the night, Vlahovic, who looks like rabbits. So basically saying like he Wait, shows they, up when he shows up when <laughs> he shows up when times are good and leaves when times are bad, just like a rabbit. Yeah. And I was like, that is the strangest way to be petty, but uh, I, I assume that maybe that's like an Italian phrase or something. I don't know if that's nah, exactly dude, that's, how they come that's, up with it. I don't know. That's you talking to not your family, not your like siblings. That's you talking to your mother, your aunts, and your great aunts. And they're like, this is what's going on here. This boy's acting like a rabbit. <laughs> he's, he's coming in and leaving. And you're like, ah, Graham, Graham's Annie, auntie, like what's going on here? That's what's happening. I don't That's... understand that, but I'm glad that you do. No, I I, I didn't get it, but I, I understood, I guess, the the, the reference of, of just leaving when times are hard. I don't know. But either way, they gave him a hard time. Um, and he's been on fire for Juve and didn't didn't really do anything in this match. So they were uh, lucky is... to get away with the result. He's Italian, isn't he? No, he's Serbian. Serbian, okay, even better. Because I was going to say he's the next great Italian hope, but now he's the next great Serbian hope. Actually, he is already Serbia's hope, so it's not even the next great he is. Yeah. So. Serbia's got a couple players. They got a couple players, man. Yeah, we'll talk about that at a later date. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's, I mean, Italia, FA Cup in a wrap. Um, some Premier League action, just quickly running through. Your Spurs, your up and down Spurs, massacred, poor Leeds. Uh, goodbye, my sweet, sweet Marcelo. Hello, <laughs> Justin Marsh. What do you think about that whole ordeal? I love it. Um, I think there is a definite manager philosophy change, but I think at the end of the day, I think Jesse Marsh is still a good quality hire for when it comes to the positional players that he has currently. Um, which is a high-pressing, high-octane style of football. Um, I think Jesse Marsh is perfect for that. What do you think about it? I think Marcelo, Bielsa, I mean, they're going to miss him. There's, there's been, like, outpours from fans. and Oh, dude, he, he's maybe. been showing up, like, teaching, like, 12-year-old clubs. And that's the thing. I think he did what he needed to do. He got him back to the Prem. Um, really good first season, but like a lot of people talked about that early in the year when they struggled was if people have figured out their style of play, they're going to come out and hit you yeah. like a that's, machine gun and then it's going to wear off and, and you're going to be able to figure them out. Yeah. So, and, th and that's his thing. That's what he does. He goes into a club that isn't where they want to be and he brings them to where they want to be. 
So he got them back to the Premier League, and they're struggling now. So I think he goes on and finds another project, and you know whether he goes back to Argentina and, and resurrects a club or do wherever you, wherever he goes, I, I think he'll find another project. Do you think there's some poor bloke out there in freaking Leeds? I said freaking, not the F word. Uh, in Leeds that has like 180 coolers that are like sit on coolers that he's like sitting on this stock. He's like, God bless America. Why aren't I able to sell these anymore? Like Bielsa left. Like, is that happening right now? Do you think? Like, Bielsa I mean, just sits was... a squat. He just sits a regular like baseball catcher's squat. He doesn't need That's... a cooler. But he had that. I mean, he had a cooler, and then he had like he a cone-looking yeah. seat thing. I don't know what yeah. that even was, but like he had that as well. Like, is there someone out there with that? I was. I would assume there has to be in Leeds. I don't know. That might be a specialty market where Bielsa's got his own particular cooler that he prefers. He's uh, got a cooler deal somewhere. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, I like the Jesse Marsh signing. Um, I mean, I think that that like hardcore style of play will will fit in with his philosophy and and then I think he'll plug the holes that that Bielsa maybe couldn't fill or or just didn't want to fill just because he's very strict on his style and, and yeah. how he wants to play. From, so. from a dumb rooting standpoint, from like a I don't want my children to root for Tottenham like I root for Tottenham because they're miserable. Um Leeds has always been a kind of a cool, sexy pick. And uh, with, especially with Jesse Marsh in front of it, I kind of want to root for them, you know, like I want them to succeed for the rest of the season. I mean, they're in a relegation battle at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, they're at 26 points and I think everyone wants them to succeed. I mean, they're a fun team to watch when they're playing well and they've got, they're so injury riddled. Like yeah. there's no Patrick Bamford. There is no Calvin Phillips. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, uh, arguably, in my opinion, arguably the best English player during the Euros was Calvin Phillips. Yeah. You know, he's, him and Declan I mean, he's been out all year. And yeah. he's been all year. It's so, been the Rafina show. I mean, that's all they've had. And, and he's you know, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. But he'll likely leave. So, yeah, they need something. They need some new blood in. So, we'll what else see we what we got with the we'll Premier League. Does. Other than that, just wanted to run through. Real quick, um, Everton City, we touched on earlier. Uh, City won 1-0. Really um, controversial missed call. Yeah, Rodri, we call that a shitty VAR call. Yeah, Rodri caught with his hand out, clearly gets part of the ball. Uh, referee misses it, which is fine. That's why VARs are there. VAR doesn't overturn it. This is a huge – I mean, there's six points ahead of Liverpool – Liverpool has a match in hand. That that's a huge three points. Yeah, and uh, they have since come out and said this is actually my boo for tonight. So Mike Riley, head of referees, apologized to Everton for his officials' failure to award the penalty to Everton in the 85th. Paul Tierney was the official again. This is why VAR is in place. It's it's fine that the official misses a call. The game moves quickly. You're you're in different positions. That's why VAR is there to correct a missed call. Mm-hmm. They didn't correct it, which it was clear and obvious. Um, Rodri arm extended away from his body. Um, 
And again, that's why VAR is there to get the call right during the match to buzz him in his ear and let him know he missed it, not do it a day or two later after the points have been decided and then issue an apology. Uh, an apology doesn't correct the the point standings, but you know, it is what it is. They got away with one there. Um, and then just some other matches from, from the weekend, United and Watford draw nil, nil, Newcastle wins two over, over Brentford. They've been playing well. Villa two uh, over Wait, Brighton. real quick. Christian Eriksen return. Brentford. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Good uh, shot. What's, what's up with that? You like it? I love it, of course. <laughs> if you don't love it, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, the guy, the guy was literally dead on a pitch. Yeah, last summer, and he's out playing again. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah. he came on, and I want to say there was a nine-minute red card for Brentford. So they were playing a man down the entire game, but they, like, he was able to play and i think they just stuck him out there no matter what and i think he literally was just like running around on the pitch like i don't even know if he touched the ball that much over the 20 minutes he played 20 30 minutes but it didn't matter like getting a jog in yeah Yeah. uh i I love it like i love this man like christian erickson is by far one of my top 10 tottenham players of all time he's phenomenal and uh i'm so happy that he's back out there uh i I'm not gonna lie, I do get scared watching him. Like because yeah. it, it reminded me, like I, I I will never forget, like for the rest of my life, I will remember having my family members with me talking about the Euros. And as I'm talking about the Euros, Christian Erickson collapses. Like yeah. I remember that. Like I'll never forget it. And yeah. So, like, for him to come back out there after Syria told him that he can't come back out there is awesome. So yeah, yeah. Um, Villa won 2-0 for Brighton. West Ham beat Wolves 1-0, snapping a two-game win streak for them. Um, and then Leicester win 2-0 over Burnley. Palace, or Leicester 2-0 over somebody. We got this, guys. Got we Palace. got this. <laughs> I got my stuff mixed up. Palace and Burnley draw 1-1. Excuse me. And then Southampton 2-0 over Norwich. Sorry, you got my stuff yeah. mixed up here. Okay. Um, and those were the all of the Premier League matches for the weekend. Uh, obviously, Liverpool didn't play because of the Carabao. Um, same with Chelsea. So, again, matches in hand um, yeah. because of postponements. So, Liverpool will play West Ham this coming weekend. So, uh-huh. that kind of wraps up Prem. Uh, we were going to talk a little bit about duos best Premier League duos of all time, or just some of our favorites. This will be an Instagram topic as well. We'll make a little post on there. You guys can can comment on, follow us at Bruce and Belters. But um, Harry Kane, Hung Min Son have combined for 37 goals between the two of them. Highest among any Premier League duo ever. Um, they just surpassed Didier Drogba and Frank Lampard, who had 36 between the two of them. Um, who do you have any, any prem duos that stand out to you throughout the the history of the league? Um, I do. So, I mean, Didier Drogba and Frank Lampard is definitely probably the top, top one. Yeah. Um, I mean that Chelsea team, I want to say it was during the, my college years. So it was like the 06 years, uh, 06, 07, uh, though that team was phenomenal. 
Like they were so fun to watch. Uh, you didn't have to be a Premier League team to like them. Um, I met with a kid that I went to school with, um, which I'm hoping to have on this uh, podcast in a couple of weeks. He is a Chelsea fan, and I remember like vividly him saying, "We." We win games, but I don't want to just win games. I want to win games by multiple goals. So the goal differential doesn't matter at the end of the season. You know, like if you lose games, like you're going to lose games, but you're going to win by as many as you can. And that's exactly how we thought with Didier Drogba, with uh, Frank Lampard, and then also, you know, of course, with uh, uh, Costa at the end, tail end of that. When it was uh, when it was coming apart, um, I really like them. I definitely, I mean, coming up Man City, you know, when they were brought out, you know, they had a few rough years, but then uh, Kuna Guerrero with uh, Bernardo Silva, that's definitely a David David Silva David Silva David Silva yeah, but bald headed David Silva yeah, yeah David Silva yeah Bernardo's been popping off lately yeah but yeah I mean he's always been there but yeah. so so Silva and Aguero that would be my thing um, yeah what about you. Yeah, I had those two as well. Um, I went back in like history and looked at some of these guys. I mean, Andy Cole and Peter Beardsley back in the day, 55 goals in all competitions in 93, 94. So a lot of these were statistics that I pulled up, and I think it's just goals scored altogether for them. Yeah, that's Not so much the link. Like Kane and Son was it was one of the two assisting. Uh, yeah, assist to goal ratio. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Alan Shearer and Chris Sutton back in 1994-95 uh, with Blackburn. Um, and some of these aren't even so much, like I said, connections as, as far as assisting one another, but just the duo in general I think will be what the Instagram post will be centered around. Yeah, Tevez and Ronaldo in 07 and 08 for United. Sturridge and Suarez for Liverpool in 13-14. 53 goals altogether between the two of them. And then just guys that were strictly fun to watch, um, just just strictly drip. Not even not even from a goal sense, but Thierry Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp for Arsenal. Oh, definitely, yeah, they killed it. Not Unreal. Dwight York and Andy Cole, ninety eight, ninety nine at United. Uh, Fernando Torres and Gerrard, which was huge for me getting into Liverpool, getting into soccer, and you know, oh seven. Um, and then Vardy and Mares more recently for Leicester. Vardy and Mares. Yeah, yeah, they're unbelievable, unbelievable. I don't know how you can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not shooting on anything. Oh, that's a <laughs> uh, twenty-five cents. Sorry. And then uh, Van Persie and Adebayor for Arsenal in 2008-2009 was a great combo as well. I think Adebayor scored sixteen goals and Van Persie had twenty on that. I loved, just in the loved that grouping absolutely yeah. loved them van van percy was one of my favorite players in the 90s 2000s yeah perfect unbelievable yeah um uh, outside so of that keeks were... outside of that if i had to go say barcelona i'm gonna go nes and jave oh yeah 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 jave and uh nes like those that midfielding duo was greatest possibly yeah. ever yeah yeah from the same academy Spain, ever, barcelona yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know if you have anyone, like, if you had anyone with Piero or, I don't know, anyone. Man, yeah. <laughs> for, 
Uh, Pierlu and Gattuso. Um, those two were like, like Pierlu apparently used to like make fun of Gattuso all the time and give him shit. And Gattuso was a hothead, and he would just get like incredibly pissed off at him. You could go even into defenders. Um, you know, Maldini and Nesta, um, Rio Ferdinand, and um, oh my god, I always want to say Matic, but it's not Matic. Um, Juan Matic? No, he's one. Of, <laughs> he's one of the best, kind of one of the best center backs of of all time. Um, wow. Jeez. Nemanja Vidic. My God. All right. Thank Yo, you. Man of thank you, Google. Okay. Yeah, those two at center back. Uh, I mean, you could do this truly all the way through from, from defender duos, midfield duos, and attacking duos. And, and then you could even mix them all up, obviously, with, with yeah. midfielders and, and attackers. But um, in the midfield as well, Stevie G and Xavi Alonso, again, going back to like 07 Liverpool uh -huh. for start watching. Um, Multiple combinations, Juventus 2006, the, the first team that I really got into, Del Piero and Ned Yed, um, yeah. Del Piero and Zidane. That's, that's what I, I thought you were going to go with, was Del yeah. Piero with someone. Yeah, Del Piero was the man. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a ton of those combinations, even some of those AC Milan teams, you know, Kaká and Inzaghi, um, Alessandro Pato. So Kevin Prince So when we're talking when we're talking the Prem, the Prem, you know, mm -hmm. the beautiful Prem, uh, who's number one when it comes to uh combined goal scoring? It's Human Son and Harry Kane, right? Some dude named yeah, some dude named Harry Kane, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh some dude, I'm not gonna lie, Human Son probably <laughs> probably probably's working it right now. So yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're number one as far as that, that connection goes. So um, That's pretty much all I've got tonight outside of Belters, Cheers, and Boos. I already gave my boo. but uh, And actually, my cheer was for the shithousery of Fiorentina fans on Vlahovic's uh, return to Florence. Okay. So other than that, I'll, I'll give my belter here. Um, it goes to Taki. goes to Minamino today. Oh, dude. This and I know goal. you posted this on Twitter, so yeah, I assume it's probably your belter as well. No, but let's let's eat, Keeks. Let's eat. A corner. Yeah. It comes through. Taki's sitting there licking his lips far post. Takes He took a little bit of a long touch, and I was afraid he wasn't going to get to it, but he just ripped one. Not very far out, probably like 10 yards out. It's not like it was a, a belter from 40 meters away, but he hit the shit out of the ball. You could tell he – he took that long touch, and he was like, I just got to put some power behind this. Put it into the right post, deflected off of it, and went in. Just a great goal. He, he played really, really well. He, he has played really well this season when he's gotten his moments. And that's a thing where right now I appreciate how much depth we have and how many guys, knock on wood, are healthy because in matches like this, we can go out and get a fifth-round FA Cup win without having to put Mane – I mean, Mane came on as a sub, but without having to put Mane and Salah out there for the entire match, even Diaz came in off the bench. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it, it feels like we're in a good position to make a run in all competitions, and it's because of people like Minamino stepping up. 
Like it. Uh, so booze, cheers, and belters for me. I have a few things. Uh, most of my booze are all for uh, just Russia right now. Um, so Chelsea's owner, uh, Roman Ivanovich, is looking to sell uh, Chelsea, uh, being Russian nationality. I don't know how I don't know how to describe this. He so he is a Russian, Russian businessman. Yes, homies with Putin. And, and yes, would rather and denounce his club than than. Yeah, denounces. we're gonna get we're gonna get hacked by Russian spies. Again. No, exactly. I think so Russia. too. Uh, so there's that happening. Uh, players and coaches are leaving the Russian clubs. Um, most notably was Norwich's ex coach. I forget his name. He had a uh, long dark hair. Um, so he was coaching a Russian team and decided before even coaching them to leave. <laughs> so that happened. Uh, and then Russian removed the men and women, or Russia has been removed for their men and women Euro Cups. So RB Leipzig was playing a Russian team. They automatically advanced to the next round of the Euros um, for that sake. And then uh, Russia has been removed from all World Cup qualifying after Poland. Uh, I'm trying to think of a couple other countries, but it's definitely Poland, it and, Poland, Sweden, and I think one other. Yeah, definitely. That, that yeah, that definitely makes sense. Uh, so they all said they were backing out of playing them, and so with that being said, Russia has been removed from it, so they're not even qualifying for the World Cup. Um, so yeah, so that's my boot, just because. Uh, you know, it's just absolutely shitty what's going on in the world right now um so do you have anything keeks if not i'm gonna go on to my cheer because i got a great cheer so yeah i mean just you know there's the people who who obviously don't want to harp on it um because sports you know to an extent are a place where you come to get away from the politics but it, it it's foolish to say that you know the people who say don't bring sports into don't bring politics into sports like everything is intertwined politics are all around us it's part of life it, it's like the pinnacle of society so you can't really separate the two i think that's ridiculous to try and do and so uh, i think you have to hold players and coaches and entities governing entities responsible for making the right decisions so i mean that's that's it for me um yeah go on to your cheers let's end it on a positive note Cheers. Yeah, let's end on a positive. I'm going to go nerd again. Uh, so FIFA 22 EA Sports is removing all Russian clubs and the national team from their video game. Uh, so EA Sports is stepping up to the plate. Um, that's one cheer after having the booze of everything. And then the other cheer is for also FIFA. FIFA 23 is going to do a cross system playing uh, where now... I didn't know that. I, I don't play FIFA. Keeks, do you play FIFA? Let's get this out of the way real quick. Yeah, I do. And I would like to bring a little more FIFA content in, actually. Yeah, I play we, Ultimate Team, and I hate it. It's super frustrating, but it is also <laughs> fun, and, and I, I play it. So so my cheer is for in FIFA 23. They are going to make it that you can be PlayStation, Xbox, computer, or any other platform that you could play FIFA on. You can play each other. You don't have to just play xbox on xbox players you can play xbox on playstation on everyone else 
this might not seem like a lot, but to my nephews who don't watch any <laughs> sports but play the games, that's huge. So here we are. It is huge. Yeah, it is big. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of friends who play PlayStation. What, and I'm like, damn, if I ever buy another console, maybe I'll get a PlayStation. And what do you what do you play? Xbox? And I, I have an Xbox. Yeah, I have an yeah? Xbox. Okay. One. Yeah. All right. So. So big, yeah, big moment for the FIFA players out there. Exactly. So my belter is from Southampton today against West Ham. Uh, Remy Perro, I want to say Perro, mm -hmm. P-E-R-R-A-U-D, uh, definitely a belter. Uh, my main belter was Minamino, but I had to take it out because Keats took it. So here we are. Um, Southampton, belter against West Ham, uh, FA Cup. Three goal or three goal win for them. Um, Mikel Antonio for West Ham got a goal, but it doesn't matter. So. Love to see that though. Love to see him on the score sheet. Always got off to such a hot start, and he's just fizzled down. Hope to yeah. see him come back. Here we are. Here we are. Hey, uh, did I tell you about the beer I had this weekend at the Fox Pub? You did it. Let's give uh, the Let's give the Fox Pub a quick cheer. Yep. Cheers. Local cheers, Peoria, cheers. Peoria cheers. Pub. Cheers. Um, so it's an IPA variance uh, that's getting popular, uh, like kind of like the milkshake IPAs or uh -huh. back when they were doing the champagne IPAs. That was like uh, it was like IPAs pretty much fermented in uh, champagne casks. Um, they're doing the same thing with this variant. It's a raw or mainly powder phantasm. Phantasm is what it's called. Phantasm. IPA. I did read up on this because you had told me about it. Yeah, yeah. so IPA Phantasms, uh, mainly from Savion Blanc grapes, but it is the extraction or often called secretion of the grapes, and it adds theols, T-H-I-O-L-S. No idea what that means. But it adds theols, which is a compound that drives intense tropical flavor and aromas. So expect your IPAs to be more tropical, more aroma, leading forward with the theols being higher compounds because of the phantasms, which is the perfect variance of a powder mainly in the IPA. So basically just, it makes it more like citrusy from, from yes. what I've heard, more citrusy or like um, yeah. like passion fruit flavor. Like they, there's like different variants of this. I, I'm not going to lie. I just blacked out talking to you about this. <laughs> <laughs> so. Is this, is this, do you think that this will catch on or do you think this is just yes, a short term I, fad? Do you think no. this is like the CBD of beer here? Yes, I do. This is the uh, most IPAs nowadays, like hazy and juicy, never fade away. You know, you get all the other IPA variances, they all fade away. Milkshake. Uh, I like to think the New England will stay trying to think of all the I like yeah. the New England IPAs. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually need to talk more beer on this podcast. We do. That's, we do. That's the problem with us. We, and we, we, we just skim over the beers for about three seconds at the beginning, and then we're like, all right, on to the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So here we are. Um, but yeah, IP, I think it's here to say, I don't, uh, shit. Oh, shoot. Uh, 25 cents in the bucket. Wow. You're, um, you're almost up to a buck, dude. <laughs> almost up. This, this podcast has been mental on me. Um, but the fat phantasm, I think, is here, but I don't think it's here to stay. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to check it out. Like I said, I, I haven't really branched out to a lot of citrus IPAs, but I've, I've enjoyed the the two that I've had tonight. So yeah, I'm, you should. I'm, I'll definitely give it a try. Um, you know, do a little experiment. Maybe try and find one to bring onto the pod. So. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. Unless you got any exiting notes here, Toby. Uh, I do. Uh, Luton fans. After losing to Chelsea, after being up, you know, two one during that game, chanted, "You're getting sold in the morning." <laughs> that's all I got. That's You're good, getting sold in the out. morning. That's a really good note to go out on. All right, cool. Um, I don't think I have anything else. Jack mentioned something to me earlier about. Um, tomorrow with them playing against Borum Wood. Apparently there's a player, like I mentioned, Borum Wood is a fifth-tier team. Most of these people, this is like basically the American equivalent to like a semi-pro league, um, as as we call it. I don't know what they would call it in England, but these guys are, are out working regular jobs most of the time. Um, similar to Marine FC we covered last year when they played mm-hmm. Tottenham. You know, those are guys who are electricians working at grocery stores doing whatever else and there is a guy who is an everton season ticket holder and tomorrow they play against everton in the fa cup which is amazing there's a man on borum woods team who is an everton season ticket holder so that's pretty amazing uh i believe they're actually playing at goodison as well which makes it even more special for him so I thought that was pretty cool, actually. That that should have been a cheer in hindsight, but um, we'll throw it in there now, and, <laughs> and we'll exit on that. Cheers! Cheers! That was a good one.